Greetings, listeners. Welcome to the Postgrad Cheat Sheet. This is the podcast where we dive into all the questions about transitioning into your professional career and all those difficult unspoken topics. My name is Dr. Maria Scott, and I'm a PR professional and a professor. Joining me is Ashley Osmecki, a senior PR major who's about to step into the real world. Welcome to the Postgrad Cheat Sheet. I'm your host, Dr. Maria Scott. This is another episode of season two that we have Ashley back. So this is episode four, and we are going to talk about mentors in this episode. So Ashley, do you know the definition of a mentor? Um, Well, I would describe a mentor as somebody who positively influences and encourages someone to be their best. I think that a mentor usually has more um, life and career experience. Maybe you could see a mentor as a friend. All right. I think that's a really good definition. I think a lot of what we need in life is someone to talk to, someone we can ask questions to, someone who does know more than we do. And that can be about a specific topic or just life in general. Someone that's going to give us help and it's true help. It's not someone who might try to be, you know, nefariously tripping us up or something. A good mentor is someone who you have a symbiotic relationship with. And that basically means that from the beginning, you're giving to that person just as much as they're giving to you. So I don't know that I would say your mentor is someone who's your friend friend. I think that you can have a friendly relationship with your mentor and you can talk to them about things that you would maybe still talk to a friend about. But I don't know. I think that if I was to classify, like I I would never have like a sleepover or a girl's night with my mentor. I think that that's kind of the line in the sand. Right. Yeah, I think that is important to mention that, like, of course, that there are different kinds of friendships and relationships. But to have that line, like I would say this to my best friend, I wouldn't say that to my mentor. But that does sound really great. So, you know, how do I find a mentor? Do I just be up front and say, hi, will you be my mentor? and then start the conversation. <laughs> you you can. So a mentor is an actual relationship title and it's an actual, some places even consider it to be a position and something that you have within the company. So some companies will label people as mentors. And because of that, it is a little bit more of a structured or serious kind of position. I think when you do this, the first things you need to decide before you just walk up to someone and be like, hey, you seem cool. Could you be my mentor? You probably need to make a list of the key things that you're looking for in a mentor. So I'm going to give you some ideas and then I'm going to ask you to describe who your mentor is, right? Like describe, paint me a picture of this person. So you want to think about things like age and experience. You want to think about things like gender. Maybe that won't matter to everyone. Maybe some people prefer someone who's their same gender because they're going to be asking questions related to what that's like in the workforce. You want to maybe find out what that person has studied. And if that's similar to you, then you can ask questions about like, well, how did you take this knowledge into the career? So I'm going to go back and say, paint me a picture. And what do you think your mentor looks like? Well, I suppose... In a mentor, I would look for someone who like first inspires me. And I'm not sure, originally, I didn't think that I would sort of pin down a gender. But now that you say like what it would be like in the field, I think that that probably would be pretty applicable to me. You know, as like a woman who wants to work in sports, I think that maybe 
I should look for a woman in sports as as my mentor. But I also, you know, would look for someone who is, of course, like older and has more experience than I do. And, you know, again, if I'm looking for a woman and a woman in sports, you know, career. But I don't know. Are there cases where I could look for a mentor who's not exactly in the same field as me? Yeah, absolutely. So interestingly, the book that I use a lot and I talk about in this podcast um, with Cal Sutliff, Cal was my mentor. He was not in my industry. He worked in a lot of other different industries, but the spot that he filled for me. So I had previous mentors who were people that I had worked with and I really valued their input. I valued what they had to teach me, but mentor relationships are not necessarily lifelong relationships. Some will come in and fade out. Some of them have like an expiration. The person will like say up front, I'm happy to mentor you for like a year. And then, you know, you get a year with the person. Sometimes people aren't that formal and they just say, you know, let's see where this goes. But when I met Cal, the thing that he really helped me with the most was something that I personally was struggling with. And so he fit a need within me and I fit a need within his life. And again, that's where that symbiotic thing came. So you absolutely can have one outside of your own field. Most people do tend to start out, at least when you're starting your career, you're within the first couple of years, wanting a mentor within your field. So you have someone to ask a lot of different kinds of questions to related to work and life topics as you start to get older, get more responsibilities. So once you find the person, so I think that was a good description, right? And then you asked a really good question. So let's say that you go to networking events, you're meeting different people, you're out at events that even your own office may support or your own work. There is a point where you can really say after meeting the person, after you know that you're comfortable with them, hi, I really enjoyed meeting you. Um, thank you for chatting with me about blank. I'm curious if you ever mentor people and if it's something that you would maybe consider mentoring me. See, I feel like that it feels so awkward for me. Like I always imagined a mentorship as something that sort of happened naturally. Like I really can't imagine asking someone that I just recently met to be my mentor. You know, I feel like maybe I would be putting myself out there too much or, you know, like do you think I'm alone in this or do you think that this is a kind of a common feeling? I think it's a common feeling. I think it's why a lot of young people now don't have mentors because they get too scared that it's something that is supposed to happen naturally. This is not a plant that grows in the window and just grows because it grows. This is something you do have to ask that question because again, it's a little bit more of a formalized relationship and exchange. A lot of people aren't going to just assume, oh, I spend some time around Ashley. We talk about work stuff. I must be her mentor. That's not how mm -hmm. it goes. It is something that you do have to ask for. And it is something you kind of do have to take the risk and put yourself out there. So there are moments where sometimes it can kind of naturally evolve. So I'll give you two different examples. I had a student once who we were constantly talking. I was giving advice and I did not consider it to be a mentorship at all. I did not consider it to be something where this is what we were sitting down and doing and expressing this. It was just someone who I would see all the time. They had classes with me or they were in different programs I did, but it wasn't something that was again, structured like a mentorship is typically structured. So I was really surprised because the student actually said to someone else, oh, Dr. Scott's my mentor. And I was like, mm, no, I'm not. And I didn't want to correct her. So I didn't do it then. I just later said, Thank you, and I'm glad that you see me in that role for you, 
but a mentorship is a real thing. Like that's a formalized relationship. And I said, I'm happy to be answering your questions, but that's not, this isn't really what a mentorship is. And I said, so if that's something you want to talk about, I'm happy to. But knowing that she wasn't going to stay in the same town that I was in, knowing that she didn't love doing phone calls, knowing that there was a couple things that were going to be roadblocks, I wasn't surprised when she came back and said, okay, like I didn't really realize what a mentorship was, which is why I felt it was so important to do this episode. But she came back and eventually said, like, now that I understand it, I don't know that I really want to go down that path, but I appreciate all the advice that you've been giving me. That was very different than, again, my relationship with Cal. I met him during a seminar. We kept in touch. We would constantly talk back and forth. We'd send emails. And at one point in this exchange, I had sent to him, you know, if you'd ever consider it, I'd really love to have you as a mentor. He goes, I was just thinking the same thing. I felt like our relationship and the exchange that we had got to a point where that's really the relationship that we were having. We just needed to officially label it. Okay, so it did sort of happen naturally, but then you like formalized it by having that conversation. Yep, absolutely. So that that makes more sense to me. So, you know, and then what's the next step? You know, you're just like, okay, great, you're my mentor. Now we're buddies for life. Like, what does that look like now? Yeah, and again, you're not necessarily buddies for life, right? Um, So let's go through the scenario where you say, will you be my mentor? And they say, yes. Then you go through this whole conversation about what does this mean? And what where I'm going with that is you say, how often should we be meeting? So you pick a day, a time, a place, once every other week, once a month, like it has to work mutually for both of you. And then you actually set the time, the place. And so just to give you a funny side note, one of my mentees loved vegetarian food and I'm a 20 something year vegetarian. So her statement was, I want to try different vegetarian restaurants or recipes with you every time we meet. So you can pick the place, but we'll always meet Wednesdays at 5 p.m. Do you know what I mean? Or like whatever. So we would have this every other week, Wednesday at five, different location, moving things. Uh, And it worked great because it was super fun for her to try the food and for us to do it. So we did that over food. I've had other mentorships where we don't talk over food. We just schedule a time and the person gets on the phone with me and we just have our conversation or we're just in person and we have the conversation but essentially what you're doing is you're setting a time and a place to make it a routine for both of you and make it a habit for both of you Mm -hmm. and then you're also coming up with how are you going to communicate what the discussion topic is or what you're talking about during that meeting so almost think of it how you would deal with like a therapist, like a mental health professional, where you go into it with this kind of preset agenda of, oh, this week I was under a lot of stress, so I'm going to talk about that. You're not necessarily talking about those same things with your mentor, but that same mindset where you go in with like, this is the stuff I want to get out of today and I want to cover. That's super helpful. So both parties are bringing things to the table. It's not mentee up to mentor all the time. Here, solve my problems and you're getting nothing out of this. It goes both ways. Oh, okay. I like that. Like the two-way road situation. But I wonder sometimes like what I would, what if like I didn't really have anything to talk to my mentor about, you know, that wasn't like, I felt, I don't know, like being in my feelings or something, or is it just like always, there's, is, do you think that there's always something to talk about? I don't know that I think that there's always something to talk about, but I think that that's where you can say, you know, I don't really have a lot. I've really still been mulling over the stuff we talked about last time, but 
I think that this is a good opportunity for us to delve in further about the things that you were mentioning last time. I did have some thoughts on that. Mm-hmm. Again, I would be concerned if my mentee consistently bailed on me every time they didn't have someone to chat about because it's a two-part relationship. They should be willing to come and listen to the things I want to talk about just as much as I'm listening to the things that they want to talk about. Otherwise, it then becomes a one-sided relationship and we talk in other episodes about one-sided relationships but those can be very dangerous yeah wow imagine being dumped by your mentor that would be tough and it was like oh it happens i was also thinking too like if you ask somebody to be your mentor you think that a relationship is going in that direction and then they say sorry i I don't have the time or i can't be your mentor or you know i don't i'm not really interested in being a mentor i feel like there is also that sort of sense of rejection. And I know that sounds pretty dramatic, but like, I don't know. I think that that feeling is still there and it's still valid. And, you know, it might take like recovery time to be like, well, I was really looking up to this person. I was really hoping that they would be my mentor. And now all of a sudden I don't have that and they won't have that person be my mentor. And I think that that might, you know, cause some internal issues. Right. So again, I think the way that I worded it before of like, do you take mentees? Is it Mm -hmm. something, have you thought about being a mentor? Do you mentor other people? Like those are all questions you can kind of ask before. So before you go and just step 10 feet out on that limb, you have a little bit of knowledge about the person. If they even do, some people don't like to mentor. Some people think it takes up too much time. One of my friends who doesn't mentor has a good valid reason for it they take on too much of what their mentee struggles with a lot and they basically feel like they're carrying someone else's baggage and it's just really hard for them to cope so they don't do it they say like look i'm happy to give advice and do these other things we can still interact but it's just not something that i'm great at doing uh, for my own personal reasons and they're, they're really nice about it they don't they try really hard not to make the person feel rejected But I think if you haven't done your due diligence and you just walk up to someone who you met a couple times and you say, hey, I'd really like for you to be my mentor, that person could have a myriad of reasons for saying no. One of them could be, I already have another mentor and I won't take our mentee and I won't take on two. Mm -hmm. One of them could be, you know, I'm sorry, I take some time for myself in between when I take on different mentees. You know, there could be a number of reasons why the person's going to say no to you. Again, they could be like my friend and just say, I just, I'm sorry, I just can't do them. I think you need to be okay with it either way. There will be someone out there who is a good fit for you, who is willing to do it, even if the first person you go to, it just ends up not working out. And I wouldn't necessarily let it sour your relationship too much with the person. If you are someone who's aiming to have this person be your mentor, and that's 90% of why you're interacting with them, you're probably going to have too much of a one-sided relationship, and then you might get dumped by your mentor, which is considerably worse than them saying no to you from the get-go. Right. All right. So once you find the person, that's again when you're setting up all of these things. What do you think you would want to talk about with a mentor? See, I don't know. I feel like, and I feel like picking a time and place too, like that makes me nervous about like it being too structured again. I said that I felt like it would be more natural, but, um, you know, and I feel weary of forcing the relationship, but I don't know, like, what things I would like to discuss. I think that, you know, I think it depends on where I am in my career. Like, right now, I'm I'm just freshly post-grad, so I'm sort of looking for jobs and kind of, you know, navigating that the job search space. So I think that probably the things that I would like to talk to a mentor about would be 
transitioning and from post-grad to, you know, a lot of what we talk about on this podcast, but yeah, like applying for jobs and like what, what all that stuff is like. Yeah. So a lot of what people typically talk to mentors about ranges from, I think one of my favorite ones that a mentee ever came to me with, they kind of started the conversation by saying, I think my coworkers are, you know, kind of talking behind my back and making fun of me about the clothes that I wear and how I look. So give me the reasons why you think this. And the person laid everything out and then we kind of discussed it back and forth. And honestly, I agreed with them. I said, I, I kind of agree with you. And I, and I said, so let's discuss next steps. You know what I mean? Like now I understand your situation. I, I kind of agree that you're probably accurate. Let's discuss next steps and how you can not be carrying this burden of feeling like people are making fun of me, right? And that's kind of what we did. And so I don't want it to sound so structured and so like that it's an office meeting and stuff like that. It's not. That person is there to lend support to you that, and then you give them advice back or like it's an exchange. But I do think that by having nothing, by just saying, oh, I'm going to hang out with my mentor, neither of you is getting anything out of that then. Like you're not going to see a movie with your mentor unless that movie somehow related to your life or your work or what you're talking with them about. Mm-hmm. I will give you an example with one of my mentors. I was not in the same town with them. We started the, the mentor-mentee relationship and then I moved away. So then the relationship kind of went to being on the phone, but I would go back to that town all the time because it's my personal hometown. It's where mm-hmm. I grew up. So I'd see them once to twice a year. And I would make an effort to always contact the person in advance and say, I'm coming in town. Here's the days I'm going to be. Let me know if you're available. I'd love to see you in person. We'd usually meet. We'd go for a walk. We'd uh, go have lunch somewhere. We would connect in person, which I felt was really important for that part of the relationship. But it was really good because then also some of the things that the person maybe didn't want to bring up with me on the phone that they felt were kind of sensitive, they could bring up when we were in person. So I do think that having a little bit of like, I don't wanna say the word agenda because I feel like that's gonna make you feel even more structured, but I do think it's important to have some sort of a list of your discussion topics and the things that you wanna ask about. And again, I have had topics that range from, I think my boss is harassing me or my boss might be harassing someone else or I don't know how to ask for a promotion or I don't know how to um, deal with this issue at work where these people are being catty and mean to me. It can be this whole wide range of stuff all the way down to, I wanted to pick up this hobby, but I'm worried it's going to take up too much extra time. You know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. it can be things like, I even had a mentee say, I think that my significant other is impacting my work and almost trying to sabotage my work because they want to spend more time with me. Do you know what I mean? And that was definitely more of a personal thing than a work-related thing. Mm -hmm. But I was, you know, 20, 10, 15, whatever years older. So I did have a little bit more advice to be able to give and just say, you know, try these things, see what happens. So, yeah. So it sounds like you can talk to your mentor about things that you might talk to your friends about, but like the mentor's advice could be more relevant and definitely from a different perspective. Like if I talk to my friends who are my same age about some of these issues, they're not giving me advice that is rooted in experience. So yeah, I think that that's, that's huge. Yeah, so I, I always tell people, be really careful when you go to your friends about work advice because rarely will your friends be in your exact same situation. So they may be starting out too, but they may not be women who wanna work in sports and working at 
the same kind of place that you would want to work. And even if that's good advice for where they work or what they're interested in doing as a career path, doesn't mean it's perfect for you. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's where it's good to vent. And you can have friends that you say, I've had a bad day. Do you mind if I just vent to you? I don't really need advice. I just want someone to listen to me and say, like, it'll all be okay. Do you know what I mean? And that's your friends are perfect for that. But I would just be weary, and that's where you can really go to your mentor. And you can talk to these people. I don't want to make it sound like you can't call them if you have a terrible day and say, I've had an awful day. Do you have 15 minutes? The same person who was telling me about their you know, coworkers making fun of them texted me and said, I apologize for this. I know we just talked about it, but this is what's happened, and I really need to talk to someone who understands. So I had her call me. It was during my drive home, and we talked the entire drive home. And at the end of it, I'm not making resolutions for any of my mentees. I'm just asking critical questions and giving advice. And at the end of it, she came to the resolution that she can't stay in a work environment that was this toxic for her. So she either needed to do something to try to resolve it or look for a different place to work. Yeah, and I think that it goes a long way to have somebody who understands, like if you need like a quick vent and to just say like, I actually had this the other day now with a mentor, but you know, there's a situation that really only like one person knew like the details of and I just texted and I was like, call me when you can. I just need to vent about this situation a little bit more. And they called me and we just chatted for like half an hour about it. And sure, I could have taken the time to say to my best friend all of the details about the situation, but I didn't want to. I just wanted to talk to somebody who knew exactly who, what, where, what it was, and just say, X, Y, Z, OMG, can you believe it? No, I can't believe it. Great. And hang up the phone. You know, and I think that like, Maybe don't say OMG to your mentor, but <laughs> like we've probably discussed in previous episodes. But, you know, it's it's that um, that comfortability of those topics. I think that that goes a long way. Yeah. So the last thing I wanted to kind of talk about is making sure that this is a balanced relationship, right? And I said it's symbiotic. You give some, you get some. What do you think that you could say to your mentor like, oh, I could talk to you about this? See, I don't really know what I would be bringing to the table for my mentor. Like I'm new here, like I'm new to the career world. And, you know, I don't know if they have, my mentor might have a question about soccer that I could answer for them, but you know, like I'm not really sure. What kind of things do you think that I could bring to a mentor? Yeah, I I don't think you're alone in this. And again, I think this is all part of why a lot of young people now aren't getting mentors. And I think that this is super common. So let's say for example, I have no way If I'm in a company, right, I have no way to ever pretend I'm in my 20s. I haven't been in my 20s in 20 years. So there's no way for me to pretend that that's how I think or that's my lifestyle. So I think one of the things that, like, let's say, for example, you work in the same field, just not the same company. So this, your mentor works at a different company. They could say to you, you know, Ashley, I've really been struggling with this. I have two people who work for me. Both are in their 20s. Both I've had conversations with about being at work on time and just things that are like professionalism things, putting your phone away when you're sitting at your desk and not constantly being at your phone. And I feel like I'm not getting through to them. Can I test on you some of what I've said to them? And you can give me some feedback and saying, oh, it's because you're saying this. That's why they're not interpreting it right. Or wow, you know, if you said that to me, I kind of feel like I would be doing this. You know, so you're either going to reinforce what they're doing or you're going to say, oh, no, I think the flaw might be here. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so that could be one of the things. I think another one could be, so, so one of the things that I do for um, companies is I'll write social media content. And it's been, been a big part of my business for years. And I wrote social media content for this company that was going really super well. And then we had a post that didn't hit right. It didn't resonate the way I thought it was going to based on everything else we had done. And I couldn't quite pinpoint it. But my best guess was that it was just aimed a little young, even younger than we were were trying to hit 20s. We were trying to have more people kind of engage. And I think maybe it ended up going a little younger, like 17, 16. And it just didn't have the engagement that I was hoping for. And I was like, maybe my word choice was off. Like maybe there was just something like maybe there's an inside joke that I don't get. And so one of the times that we, we met, I sent her the text in advance and I said, don't respond to this. I'm going to send you this content. And when we talk, I have to hear how you interpreted this. And I sent her the whole post so she could see the photo, everything all together. And as soon as we got on it, she was like, I can tell you why people didn't respond to this. And I was like, great. Why? And she's like, oh, there's this really funny part of this TV show. And it was a TV show or something that I would have never seen because it's not meant for my age range. And I don't have kids that are that age. And so, do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it was something I just didn't, I would have just never it's seen. not on your radar, yeah. Not on my radar. And she's like, oh, they say a sentence like this, and it means something completely different. And I was like, okay, cool. So, like, I just inadvertently used a cliche that I didn't even know existed. And she's like, yeah. And I said, great. So see, there's so there's things like that where sometimes it's your age that can be really beneficial. Sometimes the fact that you are an entry-level employee might be really beneficial for them because their only entry-level employees are people that are subordinates to them and they can't try something out on them and say, oh, you know what? I was thinking of doing this like retreat. Do you know what a potluck is? Yes. So they could say that to you and then you would be like, yeah, a potluck is this. And then they could say, okay, do you think everybody your age knows what a potluck is? And then you would be able to answer. Do you know what I mean? So sometimes it could be about, I want to engage better with my own subordinates, but I don't want to test it out on them. I'd rather talk to you and see sort of how would you take it. Mm-hmm. So so the things that I could provide to my mentor to make this relationship a solid two-way street would be just kind of like my personal insights and like how relationship with the company is yeah mm-hmm. yeah cool. um let me ask you this last question too like would it make sense to have a mentor who is almost like not my direct report but like my boss's boss or is that like too close rarely within a company will they allow that to happen mm-hmm. so anyone who's in their reporting chain most companies will not allow you to mentor someone in your own reporting chain. Right. And the reason is because, like I just expressed, this relationship can talk about things, other people that you work with, other circumstances that you work with, troubles that you're having, and having someone that's either your mentor in your direct report chain or your mentee, Mm -hmm. that can get dangerous and probably cross ethical or HR lines in either direction. So sometimes if you have one, so let's say for example, One of the people that mentored me when I was working on one of the Super Bowls was actually not someone who worked for our own office at all. It was actually someone who had worked, who worked at the NFL and was willing to kind of mentor me. So I had someone who was like, 
not my boss's boss's boss at all. Like they talked to each other occasionally, but they didn't have a direct reporting chain anywhere in any of this. They just knew the people I worked with the same way I kind of knew the humans that they worked with, but it wasn't something that was like a conflict of interest or a direct report situation. Yeah, maybe it, do- maybe it doesn't even sound like I would want like my boss's boss to be my mentor just because of that like HR kind of, maybe I want to talk about something that you know, they wouldn't necessarily want to hear from me about or might cross some lines. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Absolutely. But I think that you can find someone to that same level that you're talking about, your boss's boss level. I think that you can find someone at that level at a related company or a different company or something that does someone that does something similar that could be a great mentor just Mm -hmm. isn't within your own reporting chain. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And then my boss would feel like I'm jumping over over them just to get to this person who's my mentor. And yeah, I feel like that might cause sort of conflict in the office. I will just bring up one other thing. So let's say, for example, you get to go work for a soccer club, right? Which is like your dream situation. If you find a mentor, I would specifically not look at another soccer club. Mm -hmm. And the reason I would say that is the last thing you want is this person to say, oh, she's venting about me or she's venting about our company to our rivals. You know what I mean? Like to someone else within our like kind of larger parent company. So it would make more sense for you to go to like a hockey team or a basketball team or a football team. Do you know what I mean? Like go to something else that's still in sport and find your person kind of outside the genre or outside your same base, just so that you don't, especially in sports where rivalry is literally a part of the sport. Right. That's where you want to be kind of careful. It would be different if it was like a PR agency and you're at one agency and you just go to another one and find a mentor different. Totally fine. Like that's less weird. But I think in sports, that would be something I would caution you against. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. The the literal rivalries. Right. Yeah. So let's do our takeaways. What are your takeaways for this episode? Well, you know, I did say that Mentioning the two-way road, that was big for me because I really didn't know. I'm like, what can I offer? So that was a big takeaway for me. And the other really big one, too, is like formalizing the relationship. Sort of like, yeah, I do want it to happen naturally and and not be forceful and not be like, okay, well, now you have to meet with me every Wednesday. But, you know, having that natural relationship build, but then also creating that boundary and having a formalized relationship that is important. That would sort of separates a friend from a mentor. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Those are really great takeaways. All right. So, and sadly, we only get Ashley for one more episode this season. Um, hopefully, she'll come back and join us for episodes in season three. But join us for Ashley's maybe not quite last ever, but one of her last episodes soon. So keep tuning in and send us your questions for the postgrad cheat sheet. Yeah, it's been so fun. All of season one was amazing and I've loved being a part of season two thus far. So who knows, who knows where I'll be, but for now, we'll just one more on the books. Thanks for joining us for the postgrad cheat sheet. Click in our description and visit the website to see our upcoming topics so you can submit your unspoken questions. Connect with us on LinkedIn and Instagram at Postgrad Chi Chi.